Good morning, Gateway Church. We are a growing family after God's heart, and I appreciate the prayer that, that, that uh, Doug prayed about a nation after God's heart, a family, a church, a state, a city, and uh, there's nothing greater than going hard after the Lord. And uh, Tracy led the way today in, in worship and song, and uh, so cool to hear the voices of you singing. That is really pretty spectacular. Keep it up. What do life-giving families do together? They worship and pray together. Here comes Claire right here. There she is, all right? Praise the Lord. We talked about you, Claire. You're back. <laughs> you just had to come and hear me. I know that. So life-giving families, they they, they pray and worship together. They work and serve together. That's part of life-giving families. And here, here's what they do. Life-giving families, they play and have fun together, right? That's, that's what has to happen. You've got to have fun. If, you're like, if your family's giving life one to another. From my office at home, every once in a while, I, I can see the sidewalk, and I got this great view to, to uh, the lake. And uh, it's Lake Orno over here. And, you know, if you open up that dam, there's no lake. It's just a river. It's got a dam, and it uh, holds back the water, and it creates this lake, Lake Orno. You, you know that lake. I, I live right across the street from it now and positioned my office at home so that I can see the lake. And so I'm sitting there. And I see the lake, and it's really cool. And there's a sidewalk, and I love when Nick and Becky Anderson cruise by on their, their bicycles. Where are they at? Are they here today? Everybody I'm talking about is not here when I, when I say their name. Well, when I think about having fun and playing together, I, I, I saw them ride by, and, and Becky's got this huge smile, and the, 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 the older son, Colin, and Brooklyn, my wife's helping me, and Caden, and he, he's, he doesn't have a bike. The other kids, they got a bike. Two bikes, son and daughter, mom and dad, pulling this, this cart with, with little Caden. He's got this flowing blonde hair. He wants out, and when they stop, he gets out, he runs around, and they got to corral him. He doesn't want to go back in the cage, so does no. But they're having fun. I know those kids. When they look back and say about memories, what were some of the, the greatest memories that you had? I think maybe they might say, I loved when dad and mom, we went out on a bike ride. Life-giving families, what? They, they smile and laugh and they play together. We started this tradition, our family. Doesn't sound real spiritual, but it's it's all it, it's it's kind of what we, we do now. Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, we're right here. It's outstanding! I just love that service. Christmas Day, we're we're with family, celebrating the Lord, and then Christmas Day Eve, almost late evening, we go to a movie. <laughs> Pack up the car, we go to a movie. And before we, we get there, we stop in at Walgreens. What are we doing? Buying candy. Buying candy. Everybody gets 
They get one, they get one, I don't care how big, they can get the biggest candy they want. Just one. And the twins, they, they lock up. There's so many choices. They just like, they can't make the choice. Everybody gets candy. I don't can't, is it against, I don't know, I don't know if I'm breaking any rules. I'll just leave it at that. But we got it in our, our coats. It's right there. I don't bring in beverages, all right? I draw the line on beverages. It's like, it's just, if you hear that sound, it's like, that happened to me once, Mom. When Mom brought in pop, when we weren't supposed to do it, we got kicked out. (laughs) Confiscated our stuff. Apple Dumpling Gang. Can you believe it? We, she took us to that movie. But we're having fun. And the movie's over. I have to say this. We, we, we went to The Hobbit. There's these little hobbits going in to watch The Hobbit. It's a joke. <laughs> I, I didn't have that in my notes. I thought, I'm not going to put that in the notes. But it's like, we are. We're just little people. We don't have big feet, though. I don't think we have big, hairy feet. They're just small feet. <laughs> but we get home. It's, it's night and, at night, and it's, it's perfect conditions for snowballs. I mean, it was just, man, it was just too tempting. And, you know, I'm getting something in the trunk, and then wham, I turn my head, and wham, there it, it, it hit. I'm going, who did it? <laughs> Deanna, she threw a snowball. Hit me right in the face, side of the face. And then, then it broke out. And it was like 11 o'clock or something. And we had the greatest time. We had the, the, the biggest snowball fight on that lawn. Our neighbors heard us. I'm sure they did. But we laughed and played together and had fun. I like when we smile and laugh together on Sundays as a family. There are a lot of things that make us cry. And we cry together. This issue should make us cry. That in love we're fighting. But even in the darkest times of our lives, we can still smile. We can still smile. I had a great laugh last week out in the foyer. This is so funny. I love it. A mom of a teenager came up to me and shared with me what her son, I got it right here, what he wrote on, on the back of his bulletin about the sermon that I preached last week. And I broke it down into a phrase. You remember that phrase? I have it here. Who am I? I'm easy to fall into and hard to climb out of. It's my own version of Jeopardy. And I said, I'm not going to give you the answer. I'm going to read the text. We're going to study the text. And then you write down on the back of your bulletin what you think it is. And so this young man, he wrote down a number of things that 
that he said it's easy to fall into, it's hard to climb out of. We, the answer that I was looking for is what is discouragement? What is discouragement? Isaiah 4, 6. I'm going to tell you what one of the things that he wrote, what I laughed about a little later. So we rebuilt the wall, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached, all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. I love that verse, but it's not a standalone verse. There's context around it. Because what followed is that they, they got discouraged, right? They slipped in to the ravine. They got hit with the big F Ford 100 series pickups. Remember what they were? You can think about that. Sam Ballot, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, they, they came against us. They were very angry, and the gaps were being closed. They plotted to come and fight against Jerusalem, stir up trouble against it. But we, we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people of Judah said what? The laborers, their strength is giving out. There's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the walls. Also, our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we'll be right there among them. We'll kill them. Put an end to the work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Back to verse 10. People said, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there is so much rubble that what? I mean, they were halfway done. He said, we can't do it. They fell into what? Discouragement. It's hard to, to get out of discouragement. They come up against the big F-100 series. F-100 is what? Remember? First thing that they ran up against. Verse 10. Oh, you, now you listened last week. I know. Somebody told me that you listened. Fatigue. They lost their, their strength. The strength of the laborers is giving out. F-200. Frustration. They lost their vision, right? They couldn't see the end any longer. F-300. Failure. What was a success? They turned that success because they believed the lie into a failure. In the end, they were saying, we failed. That's what the enemy will always try to, to get you to say about yourself and about where you're at in your life. You're a failure. It's easy to fall into discouragement. Hard to get out of F-400. This is a tough one. Fear. Ten times over. It's what the word, the word came back to them. 
They're going to get, the enemy's coming. They said it ten times to strike fear in the hearts of the people. I was looking for discouragement. That's, that's the answer. What is discouragement? So this mom was laughing. One of the answers her son wrote down on his bulletin. He wrote it down. I have a few of them here. Sin. Sin's easy to fall into. Hard to get out. Traps. Procrastination. Yeah, you're right. Depression. Depression. And then here's the one. She, was, she got a kick out of this one. <laughs> he said love. <laughs> What's on his mind? <laughs> love is easy to fall into and hard to get out of. That's Aaron Stoffer. Is Aaron here now? <laughs> there he is. I love that. Love. Well, I was telling this with, with our elder training um, program ministry on Wednesday night. And uh, Brian Rassier, he's, he's a, an apprentice in training and, and uh, just a great guy. He had his, his daughter dedicated, our son, last week. And he said that, that their daughter, Julia, who's seven years old, you know what she said? God's love. That's what she said. And here you got a teenage young man. He said, God, he said, love. I don't know if he was thinking God's love. Doubt it. Love. (laughs) And then you got this little daughter, little beautiful little girl. She said, God's love. That's that's what I want to fall into. Amen? I never want to get out of that ravine. But you may be saying today, I'm past needing to hear the warning. I'm in. I got hit by the big four. I'm in the pit. I'm discouraged. What do I do now? What do I do now? That's what we're going to address today. How do I get out? No one wants to live there. Verse 9, once again. We prayed to our God, posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people said, we need help. Verse 13 and 14. Therefore I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is what? Great and awesome. Remember him. Secondly, and now fight for your families. Fight for your sons and your daughters. Fight for your wives in your homes. Verse 18b, But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. 
Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Verse 20, I want you to look on at this verse now. This is the one I want you to focus on. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. In a phrase... This is one of the ways that you get out of the pit. According to the passage that I just read, one of the ways, I'm going to give you like a sticky statement, all right? Five days from now, you're not going to remember a lot of what I said, but I want you to remember this. It's right in the text. When your strength is giving out, this is what they did call out. When your strength is giving out, call out. Where do I see that in the text? It's right there. The man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. And the inference is this. When the enemy is coming in, there's a breach in the wall, there's a weakness in the wall, and it's, it's where you're at. Nehemiah was saying to those people, if that's where the weakness of the wall is, here's what I want you to do. I want you to find the guy who blows the trumpet. You find him. You talk to him. Pull on his pant leg. Give him a bear hug. Get his attention. And I promise you, he will sound the trumpet. And what will you do? Your brothers, your sisters will fight for you. They will come to that very spot where you need them. There they will be. When your strength is giving out, what? Call out. They were to determine a rallying point, verse 19. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. What is a rallying point? First of all, it was a place. But it also suggests, I believe, a principle. The place was wherever the sound of the trumpet was coming from. That's the place. Nehemiah ordered, whenever you hear that trumpet sound, you come running to the spot where the bugler is standing. I want you to drop what you're doing. Your brothers and your sisters need you now. See, we're too busy in life. When someone's calling out to us, well, we think somebody else will help them. Why not you? Why not you respond to someone who has need? Rather, instead, we, we often stand back and we accuse and we judge. And we say, well, we got, they got themselves into that mess. They deserve it. Well, so do I, right? So do you. You need to show mercy. When someone's calling out, Respond. 
So the rallying point, it's a principle. What, what do I mean by that? Here it's a place and a principle. For us, it's probably more of a principle than a place. What does that mean? It just means we need a close friend. We need somebody we can go to when the attack comes. You can't fight alone. If you try to fight Sam Ballot, Tobiah, and the boys, guess what? On your own, you're through. You're going to fail. So Nehemiah was saying, a breach in the wall is going to occur because you're too proud to sound the alarm and say, I need someone to help me, please. A few weeks ago, I said, some of us are this far from victory, but we're too, too proud to ask for it. I need to get linked up with someone, a group. I thought of Tony White. Most of you know his story. It's Tony here now. There he is, finally. Talk about someone and they're here. He leads transformation recovery on Tuesday nights. And a couple of weeks ago, just last week, we had Jake, Jake Will. Jake's here, right here. And little Molly, they, they dedicated their, their, their little one, Jill. Julie, I mean, I'm sorry. And Jake shared his testimony, right? And when he was sharing the testimony, when we were talking, the baptism class, he, he talked about Tony. He talked about that transformation recovery on Tuesday nights. He said it makes all the difference in the world. Why? Because Jake, what? He cried out. He called out. And guess what? Tony said, here am I. I'm going to help you. Got baptized. His wife said, something's changed here. This guy's different. He's new. This is such a cool story. I want you guys to stand up because it's so cool. Just Jake and Julie. Amen. You all know Tony. I won't have Tony stand. He's back there, but I love Tony. 1 Samuel 23, 16. Jonathan helped David find strength in the Lord. David was on the run. Saul was on his heels. He was close to death. Psalm, 1 Samuel 23, 14, David stayed in the wilderness strongholds in the hills of the desert. Day after day, Saul searched for him, but God did not give David into his hands. While David was at Horesh in the desert, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horesh. And what? Helped him find strength in God. We all need Jonathans who will help us find strength in the Lord. It takes courage and humility to say, I need help. It means I can't do it on my own. We're running out of time, folks, but I just want to share my heart. 
I was challenged this week by a friend to share. To share my personal struggle. What ravine is easy for you to slip into when it comes to discouragement? Some of it's work-related. Some of it's relationally connected for you. Some are saying, you know, I'm just, I'm lonely at times. And I just, I stumble, stumble into that, that pit. What are you struggling with? Does anybody know your struggle? For me, it's physical. I've had some struggles historically. But I was on this great run for like four years. I mean, four years. It's like prior to that, I had, I had some things going on. That's what causes me to, to go into depression almost, into discouragement. For you, it may be, something, it may be physical. Maybe it's some kind of chronic condition. Four months ago, I had arthroscopic surgery on my, my left hip. I've had some issues on the left side of my body. <laughs> I had this procedure, and I thought, all right, here we go. After six weeks, I want to be good to go. And I've had some complications. And I, I went back to the doctor, and they, he said, we've got to give it, do another MRI. And they did another MRI just last week. And... and uh, and I have a, listen, this is, this is comical. I mean, it's not, but it is. You've heard of the gluteus maximus. Well, I got a tear <laughs> in my gluteus minimus, all right? There, never heard of such a thing. I thought, how does a preacher get a tear in that? <laughs> Don't answer that question. But... I need to do something by way of a surgery again in June. And it's like, ah! Just struggle with that. What do you struggle with? See, I was willing to share that. I didn't want to. Someone encouraged me to do it. And I asked the Lord, well, I really don't want to say anything. Okay, I'll humble myself, Lord. Will you humble yourself? I mean, truly humble yourself? Will you tell someone, here's where I'm struggling? Will you pray for me in this area? When your strength is giving out, what? Call up. Call up. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you now. I ask that we would respond to your spirit. Twofold responsibility here. One is 
for us to do something, call out. And the other is for the body to respond to the call. I can't promise that if you take the risk and do it, that someone's going to be there right away. The body, at times, fails us. We know that because we've failed others. We're guilty of it, Lord. Apostle Paul, he, he called out often, and sometimes nobody responded. And sometimes that's going to happen in the church. Don't be offended. Just keep doing what the Lord has called you to, to do in obedience. And many, many, many times, Lord, when we've called out, people have responded. They've come to the place of our weakness and have helped us. And we give you thanks and praise. So this week, if a call goes out for help, will you respond? Will you say yes? Lord, I want to say yes in obedience to you. Thank you for your word. We humbly receive it now. In Jesus' name, amen.